Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's going <laughs> to pop eight, then you're going to pop her out, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in the box. Like, like Mex- Mexican, Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me today, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, man? How's it going? And we also have two well-known writers on the cast today with us. We have Mr. Aaron Gazaniga. Yeah, what's good? It's pronounced Gazingas. 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 wrong. And uh, Miss Kate Donnelly. What's going on, Kate? Hey, guys. How you doing? Well-known writers. That's like... <laughs> I mean, well-known to me. It's all relative, I suppose, you know? <laughs> I mean, I've had strangers recognize me at, like, SCGs now, and it's really confusing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I Once in a while, if I get out to a larger event, someone might know us. That's that's always fun. I feel I feel it's kind of strange for, like, at least I, I convince myself when people recognize us at events that it's like, oh, they recognize my voice. But, like, when they recognize you, it's like, did you notice my writing style as I was filling out the match slip? Like... <laughs> I mean, with, like, you know, with the innovation of, well, things like Twitter and stuff, like, your faces are out there so much, so if you produce any content at all, regardless of, you know, how big the website is or not, like, people are going to know you if they read it, so just one of those things, I suppose. Also, it's really, like, the girl at the Legacy Tournament, like, I'm not really hard to pick out. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, I would say, about a 12% chance yeah. that it's you. <laughs> well, yeah. That's quite well. generous. Like, yeah. one of maybe two girls out of, like, 300 people, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it say. That sounds like twelve percent, Jerry. Kate, you recognize because she's a girl. Jerry, you recognize because he's loud. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, you recognize because he's cheating like a dirty, dirty bastard. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. people know people know Adrian because he's vaping inside the hall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pat, no, but Pat, how do you tell? There's like all there's so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, kind of to go off topic right off the bat, did you hear that the? I believe it's the FDA is cracking down on vaping. They have to uh, yeah, start providing some pretty rigorous testing. So, I'm Adrian, glad, though. What's that? I'm glad they are. Like, there's so many people vaping and, like, the whole idea of popcorn lung and stuff. Like, nicotine's I mean, not super awful, but all that other shit is. And I'm glad right. that they're, like, hopefully going to do something about it because maybe they'll have, like, a healthy option of vaping, which would be a good way for people to get off the awfulness of cigarettes, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things where you you have to protect the consumer, you know? I don't yeah. know about popcorn lung, because that reminds me of, you know, my parents not letting me wear that, you know, sunblock back in the day that turned your skin purple because they told me it would give me skin cancer. That turned out to be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, popcorn lung kind of sounds delicious. But. Yeah, I was going to say, popcorn lung makes me think of the movies. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, oh. Uh, Why don't you guys all get popcorn lung and let me know how it goes? Okay, sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Well, we do have actual magic things to talk about today, right? Do we? Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to tell everyone how to do a good pluck their brows properly and stay in their designated brow line. I thought that's what this was about. <laughs> you have to know how to sculpt them to your to the shape of your face, right? Like exactly. it's very important. Exactly, and everyone needs to remember it. they're supposed to be sisters, not twins. <laughs> that's good <laughs> advice. True nice. <laughs> also, also, like, don't make them so thin that, like, they look drawn on. That just looks terrible on everyone. They look like little face sperms, let's be real. Yeah, I don't, don't like do it. 
I'm not I'm not, a fan, not a fan of that. Not a fan of harsh angles. Like, don't square them up. You know. I prefer no eyebrows because <laughs> then, <laughs> like, people just look at you and they're like, something just isn't quite sitting right with me, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And then, <laughs> some people wax their brows off entirely so they can just draw them on whatever they want. That's a thing. Not I my thing. I feel surprised today, or I feel angry. I'm just going to make angry brows. <laughs> Good. I like that. It's just that. a way of expressing yourself. That's women's argument for makeup in the first place, isn't it? I, I mean, I suppose. Wow, it seems like they, that wasn't condescending. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding's canceled. Us women's, watch out. <laughs> I mean, you just cut it out. <laughs> no, we're leaving that in, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Birds can't take it, though. He's marrying me. I hope by now everyone knows that I want to marry a total schmuck. <laughs> Just a mostly schmuck. I mean, I love you, Aaron. <laughs> okay, so magic. Yeah. It's a good game. It's really? a card game. Yeah. Great to stay off drugs, because you can't afford drugs. That's <laughs> true. Good. It's true. We're going to talk about, uh, first we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, some bomb action, right? Some bomb action? Yeah, you ever hear people call it the bomb? Oh, no, some of those crazy playing. Europeans. I... No, when people say, like, bomb action, I start looking for the exits. Right. <laughs> I lived in New York City too long. You say bomb, and I'm like, crap. Yeah. I saw you end up on the no-fly list, Pat. Well, you know. And Pat's not already on the no-fly list. They're not doing their job. Uh, 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 that's, that's true. proven they're not doing their job, but that's not the point. <laughs> so, Bizarre Moxon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some sweet lists in the top eight. Jerry, you want to run down these real quick? And we yeah, can... we got Big Bad Eldrazi taking the whole thing down. Belcher, number two spot. Uh, um, I, I mean, I feel the European meta is a lot closer to uh, com- more combo-orientated, I should say. But still, like even Belcher taking down is still pretty surprising. Then in third and fourth, we got Ad Nauseam Tendrils what? and Blue White Miracles. And finally, for the five through eight, we have another Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Bug, Thing in the Ice, which is pretty sweet. Elf Ball lands, which I feel we're going to get pretty deep on, and then Grixis Delver. Looks like Delver comes in at just over 15% of the meta. The Eldrazi Aggro list, doing 8.3. Charless Bug, 6. Um, Miracles at 5. Reanimator at 5. Storm uh, at 4. Uh, lands just under 4 as well. Uh, Green Black X, so like Junk decks, I'm assuming, or Pops. none of the Royal Quarry decks, right? Yeah. 4.3%. Oh, lot yeah, yeah, painter, three percent, <laughs> and uh, stoneblade decks, um, three point seven percent. I'm just surprised that that forty percent of those decks aren't the ones like the ones that are listed. That seems so, like a large number. My first, my two comments about this list. The first is I hate that they put all the Delver decks together. Like, yeah. I am not going to look at Patriot Delver and Bug Delver the same any day of the week. I'm not going to sideboard against them the same. I'm not going to play against them the same because they're not the same. Like, yep. they all run Delver, and that's that's it. <laughs> But um, the other thing that I'm wondering is if you look at their top eight, like the way they titled a lot of the decks seems a little bit weird. So I'm wondering if it's almost like how sometimes like MTG top eight or even like MTG goldfish sometimes like mislabels decks. And that's why it's just like 40% other. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't break out uh, like death and taxes because death and taxes is pretty big in the European meta. And yeah, it's possible they just didn't do well that weekend. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is I, it I'm, just day two, or? Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that it just like everything else performed under three percent of the meta. That's why it didn't get its own oh. slice of the pie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably Eldrazi is like the clear away like front runner for decks that are being run, right? If you're gonna break up Delver into a bunch of different lists. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, which is interesting. So I was playing that brew. I think I wrote about. Well, did I write about that Eldrazi list you brewed for me? I totally did. Yeah, I read it. Um, yeah, sure. and I I really liked it against that Eldrazi aggro deck. Uh, I think the mid range just does a hundred times better than the like quick aggro. Um, so it's like interesting to see these aggro lists. So I wish more people would try to pick up. Not that it's a cheap list, the um, when I was running. I really feel like it does better every time I played against aggro at one. I don't know, I just felt more consistent. Yeah. I mean, I think the Eldrazi deck, like the aggro deck, has some kind of awkward draws, too, if you're running in and, like, mm-hmm. it just, you can just draw a handful of all acceleration, you can draw a handful of all spells, and you have to mulligan. I would, I would assume you have to mulligan pretty aggressively with that list, um, because you want to be doing something turn one, uh, otherwise you're going to yeah. be way behind. I feel like every time I played against it, I've just, like, watched them mull the pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,. But the top eight deck lists were fairly interesting. Um, you want to go over those real quick, Jerry, a little bit more in depth? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel there's two that jump right out at me. Uh, I mean, the Grixis, the Grixis Delver list is pretty standard to what we've been seeing lately. Um, yeah, the, the only thing that jumped out with that was uh, he's mainboarding two Abrupt Decays, and he added an extra um, Tropical Island for the right. green. Um, that That's really the only thing that's a little different. Everything else is pretty stock. Yeah, I mean, you could probably be totally fair in calling this four-color Delver. It's, it's a pretty fine line between Grixis and four-color these days. Two volt or two um, UCs and two drops. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? He's, like, running the same amount, so it does seem a little weird. Right. That's true. I mean, he's running four Deathrite Shaman and then the two Abrupt Decay. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, other than Tarmogoyf, what other green spell does this type of deck really want? I mean, the life the from the actually, sideboard. Yeah, yeah, life from the one in the oh, sideboard baby. too. That's pretty spicy. Yeah, and it looks like he put the click. Sometimes some lists are running either click or um, true name nemesis in the main board. It looks like he moved it to the side to make room for the abrupt decays. Gotta hate yeah. playing as true name nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> unless I'm on bud, and then I'm like play it all day. <laughs> yeah. I don't all I want to do is put a jit on him. That's all I want to do. Put a jit on a true name. That's the thing. It's is like, delightful. I don't really like true name in these types of lists that don't have equipment to suit up on him. Because True yeah. Name is just at his best when he has a jet or a sword or even a batter skull on him. Uh, he's probably just good, really good against removal heavy decks, and he can just block a Tarmogoyf all day long. Well, mm-hmm. the thing I is, guess that really depends on your meta. Because like if you're playing against like something like a lot of like Nick Fit or decks like that, like you know it's way better. Unless you're playing against like Mud decks or like Miracles decks, where you're just like never gonna land it. Or if you do, it's like oh, all's just Ugin. Like who gives a fuck about your True Name? Yeah, sure, yeah. like Terminus, and then uh, it's just it's so slow against the combo decks. Like you're paying three mana to basically land a, a Delver of Secrets. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather just you know if you're I'd rather just have Delver of Secrets in this in that sense. Right. He's also running a single Winter Orb in the sideboard, which is kind I of saw that. It's sweet. <laughs> oh baby, that should be the sixty first card in the main deck, Jerry. What do you it's, think? I think so. <laughs> the, the, spice. the home of spice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Does but, everyone know? For have you told them all that you're writing for that you wrote for hipsters? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, the article hadn't come out last uh, week, but yeah, I got my first article published over at Hipsters of the Coast. 
Well, I should have known you you were writing an article about spice, Jerry, because you mentioned spiciness like six or seven <laughs> oh, times what? on the yeah. cast. It, it must have just been like on your mind because Probably. like when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, he keeps talking about spice. <laughs> and then uh, I read your article, which was very good, by the way. If people haven't seen it, they should check it out, oh, and I'll throw thanks, it in the show man. notes. Well, thanks right. to uh, Kate and Aaron, who gave me a whole bunch of editing and PR. Yeah, yeah anytime, man. Hell yeah. Jerry, oh, you have to learn, you have to, learn to retweet, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I retweeted. I retweeted. I just oh, didn't did retweet you? Okay. yours, Pat, because then it oh, okay. seems like nepotism. I mean, you know, uh. I'm, I'm nothing but honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the uh, the first one that uh, caught my eye was probably the bug thing in the ice list. We want to go over that in a bit. We kind of talked about another bug thing, in, or not bug, but uh, rug, rug right? thing in the ice last week. Teamer. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, no, you shut your mouth. <laughs> I thought I actually said something wrong at first, and then I realized what you said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this bug thing in the ice uh, list is pretty cool. So, 18 lands, one bayou, two trop, four underground, and then it's running uh, 11 fetches with four misty, four verdant, three polluted deltas. So, uh, he's running more fetches than actual fetchable lands. Uh, for creatures, he's got three Baleful Strix, four Deathrite Shaman, three Snapcaster Mage, four Thing in the Ice, which I actually like. We we talked about kind of value creatures with Thing in the Ice uh, last week, and we totally forgot about Baleful Strix. Baleful Strix and Thing in the Ice is really nice. Oh, yeah. Just draw those cards. Um, and then he's rounding out his, the rest of the deck with four Abrupt Decay, which I you know pretty standard for the bug list, four Brainstorm, four Cabal Therapy, Two Dismember, four Force of Will, four Gataxian Probe, four Ponder, and two Spell Pierce. I love not a, not a lot. Yeah, not enough decks run the Gataxian Probe Cabal Therapy combo. Gataxian yeah, Probe and Cabal like Therapy is pretty good. I just said this deck looks really fun. I just like really finally looking closely at it, mm-hmm. and it looks like I would play this deck. Yeah, <laughs> I think my issue with it is too many value creatures. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Like Thing in the Ice is your only real way to win the game. Yeah. Like, if you don't connect with Thing in the Ice, how do you win? Like Deathrite Shaman activations. Yeah, that can get there, down. but small creature. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like you're attacking with Snapcaster Mage, and it's just beat downs, man. Yeah, but it's like he he doesn't even really have removal to clear the way. He's not running, uh, like he's running two Dismember, and that's his only removal for on offer you know blockers. There's something to be said about a 20 turn clock, though. I mean, you can't really scoff at that. Yeah, that 20 turn clock from Baleful Strix. <laughs> so good. Um, I, I mean, the deck definitely looks fun, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like, a little too much value, not enough pressure, because yeah. things. You should run Skin Invasion. Go rug. Add, is it Skin and. What's the, what's the new card? It's like red. Oh, it's a horror. Oh, what the heck is that thing? Uh, it's uh, uncommon. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Invasion. Yeah, it's Skin Invasion. I'm not totally crazy. Yeah, it's like an enchant creature. When the creature dies, you get like a 3-4 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a horror. Ooh, yeah. so it doesn't yeah. get bounced with Thing in the Ice. It's no, it an doesn't. insect horror. Oh, baby. <laughs> we got a deck. <laughs> so you enchant it on your bail for Strix. Sack but... it to Cabal Therapy. <laughs> oh, that's even spicier. Yeah. Oh, man. Upgrade. <laughs> There you go, right there. I've been saying that this card combos well with Thing in the Ice since day one, even though it's really not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if if Cabal Therapy gets reprinted in Modern, I would say that's a Modern deck right there. 
that's true. Oh, there you go. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah. Except you don't have Baleful Shrix in Modern. Yeah, but you could have other things. You don't need you don't need so much value. You drown in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, you, do. you do. That's why I play Acrolome. <laughs> Um, and then also take a look at the sideboard. I think he definitely uh, was feeling the lack of removal because he's running two disfigure, mm. two murderous cut, and then one toxic deluge in the sideboard. So those definitely come in for the creature heavy decks to clear the way because, like, I feel how does this deck beat like elves? They just like throw a million blockers in front of you. Well, uh, probably cabal therapy. Just, I mean, if you're flipping a thing in the ice, you're probably going to smack for at least seven there. Yeah, that's true. And Abrupt Decay is good against elves, too. Yeah. yeah. Abrupt Decay is not that well, great against elves. Well, I, Abrupt Decay is fine against elves. It's fine. Speaking yeah. of elves, that elf ball land yeah. is like spicy as <laughs> Good segue. You can, lo- fit as much, you can fit a lot of spice into 78 cards in the main deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was counting. 78 main deck, baby. I love it, though. This deck is, like, just 100% spice. I I thought I might have blacked out and, you know, lived my life for a week as David Tezzy, (laughs) because... Yeah, 78 main deck, 15 sideboard. He was jealous. And David running one snow-covered forest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's also running your your girl, uh, Titania, Protector of Aragorn. I saw that. Yeah, uh, you want to run through this in this seventy-eight card deck that's full of one ofs. <laughs> yes, I do. So let's go. Let's do this quick. Uh, one ofs: uh, Caracas, Gaddock Teague, Regal Force, Wooded Foothills, Elder Scale Worm, Savannah, Ren's Run, uh, Scavenging Ooze, Finhorn Elves, Lanowar Elves, Reclamation Sage, Snow Covered Forest, uh, Titania, Protector of Argoth, Knight of the Reliquary, Crater Hoof Behemoth, Taiga, Forest, Pendlehaven, Sylvan Library, and Rurikthar the Unbound. He's got a couple two ofs, uh, Vernon Catacombs, Wasteland, Birchal Ranger, Cavernous Souls, Bayou, Dryad Arbor, Windswept Heath. The three ofs, Crop Rotation, Nettle Sentinel, Aquarian Ranger, Heritage Druid, and then the four ofs, uh, Natural Order, obviously, Glimpse of Nature, uh, Misty Rainforest, Gaia's Cradle, Green Sun, Deathrite Shaman, Elvish Visionary, and Wirewood Symbiote. And I'd just like to make a, just like to add, they didn't separate this deck into like, you know, lands, creature spells. They just separated it into how many of these cards is he running? We're gonna group all the one ofs together, <laughs> all the two ofs together, all the three ofs together, all the four ofs together. Is he running a dried arbor? Yeah. He's running two so dried arbor, yeah. I was like, is he running, uh, natural order and no dried arbor? Like, that's ballsy as fuck. <laughs> Here, here's the list broken down by creature spells lands, but, I think we should just tell our listeners, if you really want to see what's in this deck, just look it up, because <laughs> there's a lot going on here. <laughs> if you think anything Jerry's played is ridiculous, has too many cards, and is spicy, you definitely need to look at this list, because it makes Jerry look like I know, a smart yeah. player. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> someone gives me shit, I'm just going to carry around this list in my pocket, and I'm like, look at this thing that top aided. Oh my god. What is Elder Scale? Oh, El- that's oh, a Elder yeah, vintage yeah. card. Life total can't change. Yeah. If it's less than, yeah, if it's less than, if your life total, life total is less than seven, it becomes seven. Um, damage that would reduce your life total less than seven reduces it to seven instead. And then. It's a seven seven trampler. It's a seven seven trampler, yeah. For four, I feel like there's another thing about it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, no, uh, you got it all. Uh, yeah, okay. That's a that's a vintage card because that's his play in the Oath of Druids vintage decks. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like most decks that want to run like things like Mentor and Pyromancer strategies can never kill that because they're running like Bolt and stuff. Right. So unless they have a way to like chain like you know three bolts, 
they're probably not going to kill it. Right. Which means that you know, you're saving life total a lot. However, it does not help versus Storm and things of that nature, because life loss will still get you below 7. Yep, exactly. Tendrils of Agony will still kill you. It's I love like, running it in Legacy, though, because there's a lot of decks. Like, when I'm playing it in Posa, just like, can't do, like elves, as long as you don't attack with it, they literally have no way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they, you just wait till you get something else, and then you're like, oh, look at it, I'm going to win, because you can't do anything at all, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, this is also the type of card that I've seen Storm players, like, scoop to, because they don't understand that rules interaction. Because mm. they're like, oh, your life total can't change, I, and then they just automatically assume it includes Tendrils of Agony. So that's well, why it's it to the rules. Change. It says damage that worked originally. Right, right. That's different. That is different. Spider-Man Imperion does shut down Tendrils. Right, exactly. They'll still gain life, but you don't lose life. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, so I assume you just play like an elf deck and a Knight of the Reliquary deck at the same time? <laughs> you just smash them together, yeah. Yeah. Good deck plus was good there? deck equals great deck. <laughs> was there a white source? Uh, dark depths combo? I didn't notice that. No. Uh, yeah, there's a Savannah Krakos. Yeah, no, there's uh, no dark depths, but just neither okay. reliquary for value, like a single neither reliquary. This deck seems like greedy as fuck. It's so greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-eight cards tend to give the appearance of greed. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I almost just want to sleeve it up and play it just to see if it's actually real good. Like, secretly, the answer is 78 cards, and Jerry's been slowly working there over the years. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're Every- what's-his-face, the guy who discovered evolution. You're, uh, Darwin. Dar- I'm Darwin. Like, but you've got... You're the, because, or he's Darwin, because there's another guy who was working on evolution at the same time and missed the boat. Now, I'm Darwin no and Pat's my beagle. <laughs> Nice. Oh, man. Yeah, I think he's just, like, hopes to draw Green Sun Zenith in uh, Natural Order as often as possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the one of Knight of the Reliquary is honestly just there for the Titania, because Knight of, uh, Knight of the Reliquary and Titania is a great combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just Agreed. so weird. The Gitrog monster? This guy's missing out not running a Gitrog. Yeah. Yeah. He done fucked up. There should be a Gitrog in there. Yeah, is that, still the safe keeper? Yeah, he should be. Uh, the deck's only $2,000. I mean, what's 79 cards? <laughs> <laughs> That's where the spice is held on this list. Exactly. I love that his sideboard, except for the three of Rob's Decay, is also entirely one of Entirely one of yeah. <laughs> Three of Decay, and then, oh, he's running Blood Moon. I was just going to say, including a lot Blood of Moon. basics to be running Blood Moon. <laughs> yeah, the Blood Moon must be a joke. Like, a I, one of forest, he doesn't so. even have a red, uh, a red source, does he? Well, you got well, he has a one Taiga, but you got to figure he has like his Birchlore Rangers to tap for red. He's got the ability to once you drop like one or two mana dorks, you don't need your lands anymore really to make mana. Or right. Color. That's right, he as well. Moon, you wipe his board, and then he loses to his own blood. Yeah, he drops Blood Moon. You like Supreme Verdict, and they lose. Jesus, <laughs> oh, that list is insane. He must be a real good player to have top aided with that list. Uh, don't don't remind me of Supreme Verdict. This uh, actually yesterday, last night, uh, I get taxi and probed my opponent. Saw he yep. had Supreme Verdict in hand, and yep. then proceeded to make thirty two goblins because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I told you, you modern was not better. the right call. <laughs> yeah, I told you, bro. If you want to feel better, last night, what did I play into? I cabal therapy saw someone's days, and then yeah, ca- I, I had one land, and yeah. yeah, and then I tried to crop rotate. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Go, Kate, go. Can, oh, can we can we talk about actually go back to the sideboard on on the elf elf ball? I like how that's how it's described on MTG Top Eight. Elf ball lands. <laughs> but he's running a one of Azuri's archers, which is a one green for a one two. Whenever it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus three plus zero until end of turn. <laughs> so trades with Delver. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so good. Like one Thoughtseize, one Thalia, one Pything Needle, one Malira Sylvic Outcast, <laughs> one Maze of Ith, one Glacial Chasm, one Azuri's Archers, one Crop Rotation, one Choke, one Cabal Therapy, one Bajuka Bog, one Blood Moon, and three Abrupt Decay. Three Abrupt Decay in the sideboard. <laughs> he just literally has everything. No matter what deck he plays against, he has something. But he'll never find it. I feel like he's just trolling everyone. (laughs) Well, that's that's not true. Guys, check this out. Check out this deck I'm going to top eight with. Everyone's so confused, they just lose. I mean, he only has to present a 60-card deck in games two and three, so (coughs) if he's doing something where he needs a very streamlined game plan, he could probably just cut the the, the deck down to 60 cards, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think your sideboard can ever be over 15. Yeah, your sideboard can't be over 15. It could be under 15, but not over what? No, yeah. that can't be right. No, yeah, no, because otherwise people would... Yeah, because I talked about this you have a 100-card deck for game one and then put your whatever deck you want together for game two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my deck is a legacy gauntlet for game one, and then game two, it's <laughs> whatever deck you're... beats your deck. <laughs> It'd just be like everyone would just play Battle of the Wits game one, and then game two would be like, well, I think he's playing Delver, so <laughs> this is real good against Delver. I'm going to play this. <laughs> That'd be so much fun trying to, like, mind-fuck your opponent that way. Like, they're like, oh, he's playing the Battle of Wits, too? Okay, I'm going to go down to Delver. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go down to Delver, and they end up in a mirror, and they draw. <laughs> they both play miracles. <laughs> so, are you you're sure about that? You're, you're, yes. When you play, your cyborg can't be over 15 cards? Yes, because yeah, I played against a Battle of the Wits player, like, a couple weeks ago and had a conversation with a judge afterwards because I was like, wait, can he just... Fuck me over, game yeah. two, mm-hmm. and sideboard into whatever the fuck he wants. No, mm-hmm. he can't. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so he can't, so he's got it. Yeah, let's. Well, yeah, I don't get that deck, man. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot of different things in there that create, like, value that you can actually, like, draw through your deck a bit for. Like, you got four grand since you have to go get any one green creature you need. You got four natural order to go get your beefier threats. You got the four deathrite shamans, which are just value on their own. You got four elvish visionary to draw cards. You got the yeah. glimpse plan still. You still got all your mana dorks, you got your crop rotations to go get your key lands you need. So, I mean, I, I definitely get how the deck still did well. It's just a super awkward list. Like, how much <laughs> does the deck just be cut? Did, did yeah. he, did you see the description on his profile? So, he's 30 year old, he's 30 years old from France. Uh, favorite card in the deck, Titania Protector of Aragoth. Hell yeah. <laughs> that card's sweet. Yep, and his why is it wins the games. I'm hoping that's not just like a bad translation. I'm hoping that was his literal statement. It wins the games. <laughs> Did it take place in Europe? I'd probably assume it was just a bad translation. But We have the cast translated The Luxembourg French. women of the hostel in Luxembourg City, I'm sure, always listen to the legacy, for yep, sure. Definitely. I mean, we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you guys are popular, so doesn't surprise me. I was actually joking with Driscoll last night when about 
um, how popular this podcast is and how, like, people have been recognizing me and how weird I found it. And he's like, well, yeah, you guys have been, like, playing for a while and, like, Jerry's been playing for a while. Like, of course people listen to them. And I was like, they obviously have never met us in real life. <laughs> they think what we have to say means something. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. Don't listen to my advice. <laughs> I didn't argue with that guy, so... <laughs> All Jerry ever does is O2 Drop, guys. Yeah, uh, just O2 Drop. That's my life. <laughs> hey, O2 Drop is more fun. I did that last night. Uh, I went to Modern with uh, two of my buddies, Mike and Dan. Uh, I went O2 Drop, and then I got chicken fingers and beer at the bar next door. I, I definitely made the right choice. <laughs> you can still do that after winning a tournament, just so you know. Nah, nah, man. Just so you know, you can still buy food after you win a tournament, Jerry. Nah, nah, nah. I just want listeners to know that. The Leaving a Legacy podcast guy blew off Legacy for Modern last night. Just saying. <laughs> it was my first time playing Modern in like three months. I need to play Modern like every oh, three months to remind I myself why I don't play that format. <laughs> I am literally, we were playing Modern pretty regularly and then fucking Eldrazi happened and I'm like, I like Eldrazi and I don't even want to play like screw this format. Well, oh well, the best the best thing about playing modern is I versed a legacy deck last night. I lost ra- uh, round two to like blue black Tesserator, which was literally <laughs> it was literally the legacy deck just with uh underground or under uh, whatever the blue black land in modern is. Water grave. Water grave. There we go. Just watery graves instead of underground seas. <laughs> other other than that, like it was fifty six card legacy deck. <laughs> Oh, and Water's grave is like shape traders and the jaces and what else is different. Yeah, besides that, besides yeah. that. <laughs> besides <laughs> but, the but I mean, no, but besides he was all of no transient artifacts. Yeah. Jerry's just trying to make excuses for losing in the modern tournament. Hey, I lost to a chalice on one, followed by a tesseret, making the chalice into a five-five. <laughs> so you had chalice one stopping like cantrips throw the hand. Yeah, you had not only tesseret a five-five to beat you just to really rub it in. Yeah, yeah. Not That's only awesome. yeah, not only did chalice shut me out of the game, it curb stomps me into the dust. <laughs> Does that deck run like uh, what the hell is that? It runs four chalice of the voids main. I was gonna say, does it run the one in the blue, um, the anime artifact that turns into a five-five? Oh, uh, uh, running the scissors. <laughs> yeah, the scissors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got <laughs> I beat down by an insole artifact. He put insole in artifact on a spell skite and beat me yeah. down with that too. <laughs> I always forget about those. Okay, it's horrible in that matchup. And I'm sure listeners don't know that I work for a Magic comic book store, so I buy Magic cards for work all the time, and I only play Legacy and Modern. And I, and I, of course, have to, like, look up, like, how much standard cards are worth and pay attention to which ones people need. And I always, like, go to buy cards. And I'd be like, this thing's fucking cute. And then I realize it's, like, the most popular card in standard. And I'm mocking all these standard players. And I always feel awful. <laughs> no, it's so scissors. I forgot about this. Oh, it's so cute. Look at your cute little cards. Oh, oh wait, I'm a condescending asshole. Good. Can I buy your cards still? Okay, thanks. Oh, man. <laughs> so the, the bizarre mox was I know we talked about it, but the finals was Belcher versus Eldrazi Agro. Yeah, <laughs> I took it down two games to nothing. I, I wonder if the video of that is somewhere because that would be a pretty interesting match, and I feel it only lasted about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I mean, also, I don't know if we mentioned Belcher making it in the top eight as well. The People's Cannon. The People's Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty stock Belcher list uh, for lands. We got one Taiga. Moving on. <laughs> we got four Elvish Spirit Guide, four Simeon Spirit Guide, four Tinder Wall, four Burning Wish, four Desperate Ritual, three Empty the Warrens, four Gataxian Probe, four Land Grant, four Pyretic Ritual, four Rite of Flame, four Seething Song, 
four Chrome Mox, four Goblin Charbelcher, four Lion's Eye Diamond, and four Lotus Petal. Pretty stock like. It's yeah, it's I mean, I feel Charbelcher is just one of those lists that's so neat and it's been around for so long that it's really hard for any changes to come out. Like like what would you ever really change to, to Belcher? Yeah, yeah, right. It's a very straightforward game plan. There's I mean how much do you want to mess with that? It does one thing. Yeah. I guess I guess it does two things, but it mostly does one thing. It makes empty the Warren tokens and it makes a goblin chart belcher. Right. So it does two <laughs> things. <laughs> I mean, I've lost quite a few times to Belcher just because, like, I've shut them down off of Empty the Warrens and they kill me with Goblin Char Belcher or vice versa. Like, I go, like, turn one Pything Needle, Goblin Char Belcher, and he goes, okay, 52 goblins, go. (laughs) This is why you play Mud. (laughs) I feel like it's such a joke matchup because it's like, Pithing Needle, Tritosphere, All's Dust, have fun dying. (laughs) Yeah. Sunring Titan, destroy your one land. <laughs> yeah, the issue that Mud has with that is just the simple usual that most decks have with it is, unless you're running Force Will, they can just turn one, belt you, and you just die. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, this deck is big, cool, because, I mean, look at it. Other than Grixis Delver, not none of the other... Oh, I guess Bug has it, too, but those are the only Force of Will deck, uh, card decks in the top eight. They're the Bug list yeah. and the Grixis list. Everything else is not running... Uh, oh, and I'm just gonna stop with this because blue, blue white miracles also is. But besides those three, <laughs> my argument fell apart as I was looking. Besides at the it. other half of the top eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Move on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Did he even play against the miracles deck? I didn't look at that. Uh, uh no, it's matchups. Like so it looks like up. he played against ad nauseum, and he can definitely beat storm. He's much faster. And then he played against the Elf Ball land deck, which is easily an <laughs> yeah, easy is. matchup for him. Sorry, so Elf Ball. He had, like, a Jerry moment where he just <laughs> skated through the top eight of all good matchups. Yeah, he, like, 2-0'd everything. <laughs> yeah. I just I, Sometimes I just go in the zone, and then I black out, and then I wake up, and I'm holding the trophy. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than when I, you know, go into the zone, black out, yeah. and wake up, and my hands are covered in blood. I mean, those are the <laughs> nights I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so, I mean, well... Without watching coverage, let's see what we think might have happened here. So Eldrazi beat Belcher 2-0. In top eight in these formats, he's fourth place compared to seventh place, so he's on the play, correct? Mm-hmm. Presumably. Right. So Belcher had to mow horribly, had a bad hand, bad hand couldn't go off turn one. Eldrazi dropped a thorn, maybe a chalice, yeah, game he, over. He, I've seen, and then game two, same thing. Right, I, I've seen Eldrazi happen. versus uh, Storm, and I was actually really surprised at how handedly Eldrazi beat Storm. Because they can just go turn one uh, Thorn or turn one Chalice of the Void, and yeah. it just locks them out. So, what? my first time picking up Storm, mm-hmm. I played against like a decent Miracles pilot at That's Entertainment, where we usually play. Yep. And, like, my first time piloting the deck, I did okay with it. Like, I have some experience with Storm from Blue Red Storm and Modern and whatnot. And I just... <laughs> I, I played against all that stupid Eldrazi deck, and... Both games against that deck, they went turn one Thorn and Amethyst, turn two Chalice at one, Chalice at zero. Ugh. Yep. I was like, yeah, so I can't beat that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I've seen Eldrazi go chal- turn one, Chalice at zero, Ancient Tomb, Chalice at one. Like, yeah. The game's over. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can still get there with a lot of your two drops and whatnot, but the moment they throw a Thorn and Amethyst down, too, you're just, you're done. Right. Uh, real quick, looking at this, uh, Blue-White Miracles list, do you, do you see he's running two back-to-basics main? 
Oh, wow. What? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. sweet. Uh, and he's running a lot more basics than most do. He's running one Tundra as his non-basic, right? Right, yeah, one Tundra. Eight islands, four planes. Yep, four Jeez. planes, eight islands. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty that spicy. You see that sideboard, that, that one under the Fusta Storm? Ooh, one of... Oh, he's got a one of Moat. He's got a one of Peacekeeper. Oh, no, no, that's, that's fine. Future Sight. Oh, baby. Oh, what an actual that? Future Sight. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Future Sight Enchantment. Play with the top card library revealed. You may play the top card library. It goes... A two and three blue. Goes real great with Monastery Mentor and Sensei's Divining Top. That's... Tap top, draw a card. Top goes on top. Play top from the top of your library. Tap top, you know, draw a card. Top. Yeah, that is spicy. <laughs> the Monastery Mentor just loves that. <laughs> Make a bunch of tokens, draw a bunch of cards. We got that Frexion Life, too. Man, this is, a, this is a nice... Like, usually we don't really like to talk about Miracles that much, but this is a really cool Miracles list. Oh, Snapcasters. Right? I see two, but click on the main board with two Monster Mentor and no snaps on the side or anything. Yeah, no snapcasters. Yeah. He's also running uh, one of the Treat the Angels, whereas a lot of Miracles decks are kind of moving away from Entreat the Angels as the win condition. Honestly, if it wasn't for the moat, it would almost feel like a budget list. Like, yeah. It, it, I'm serious, though. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. Like, uh, there, there are three Jaces, but everything else in here, like, there's only one Tundra, so the mana base is, and a Caracas, so the mana base is pretty cheap. And the Caracas is sideboard? Yeah, and I mean, Caracas is also, yeah, Caracas is sideboard, but it's also not the most expensive card either, too. No, I mean, if you look at this list, like, obviously it's still going to add up, but it's going to be super cheap for a Miracles list. Yeah, I have it clocking in at uh, $1,800, which is yeah, that's pretty, super for a tier cheap. 1 deck, that is pretty cheap. I, I just think the best to base is spicy, especially if, is there a lot of posts in Europe? I don't believe there is, I'm not really familiar with that, but... If there was like a lot of post decks in your local meta, back to basics as miracles decks in the main board would mm. give you a really good hedge against that main board. Yeah, it would. Man, yeah, this is this is a cool list. I hate oh. you for showing me that. <laughs> Are you going to put this together now, Aaron? If he wants That's to stay with you, he's Jace. not. <laughs> short of Jace and four counterbalance. I have a Jace for you. No, you don't. Oh, I also need the entreat. I want uh, I want the moat. I was actually talking with some friends earlier tonight, and I, it's like Moat is my new go-to chase card. Oh, Moat's so good. I love owning one. Yeah. It's so great. When I played it against uh, Merfolk, it was so awesome. <laughs> like, there's so many decks where I'm like, oh, this deck would be awesome if I had a Moat. <laughs> what were you running it in black-white stacks? I was running in black-white stacks, but most recently I was running it in the red-white stacks list that I wrote about. I'm like 100% positive he only brewed his black-white stacks list that he plays, so he could just play all of his expensive cards and be like, look at money. Look at non-brew cards are expensive, too. Le- Legends. Chains. Legends. Legends. <laughs> Legends. set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Abyss. Nether Void. You have Tabernacle in there, too, right? Yeah, one of Tabernacle. <laughs> Good, good, Just I love like, it. It's fine. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's why I call it black-white Dutch stacks, because mono-white Dutch stacks with a four-moat and four-tabernacle, that's one thing. Dutch oven stacks? What? That's, <laughs> it'll make you feel like you're in a Dutch oven for sure when there's a chains of Mephistopheles and a, <laughs> the abyss on board and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Add another void to that and a moat, and yeah, your opponent just says... Nothing. Like What's your win condition, Opulescence? Just <laughs> swing in with a bunch of expensive enchantments? Oh, just uh, Gargoyle Castle. It's oh, fine. there you go. 
<laughs> what does Gargoyle Castle do for our listeners? <laughs> you mean you, Jerry? Okay, so Gargoyle Castle is a non-basic land. It taps for a colorless mana, mm-hmm. and you can tap five, tap it and sacrifice it to make a 3-4 artifact creature gargoyle token with flying. Way better than Baneslayer. I mean, it doesn't die to the abyss, which is the important part. That's true. And it flies over moat, which is another important part. Yep, because abyss is non-artifact creature for some reason. Dan <laughs> Dan used to run the abyss in his affinity list because he wouldn't have to sack any of his uh, creatures because they're all <laughs> artifacts. <laughs> Synergy. Seems sweet. Is that the whole four mana cost thing? It's like the one enchantment was more expensive than the rest of the deck. <laughs> that's accurate. I guess Fox Opal's actually got up there, so yeah, they true. actually tuned up the price a bit. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, when I think when he was originally starting to play it, Mox Opal was only twenty twenty five dollars for the Legend rule. Yeah, yeah, good old Legend rule. Uh, I sent you guys that list of the seventy eight thousand dollar Commander deck. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that, that up. I was, I was just about to ask you how's, how. how I, I showed you that. Oh, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I've never do, seen that brainstorm before. I. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's, that's everyone's sick? reaction. Yeah. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You get it for a, 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 a meager twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. It, so for ba- everyone listening, we should probably tell them what it is. Well, yes. I, was, I was just about to do that. Look at that. Beat me the punch. Go ahead, Kate. Tell them what it is. So it's the back of a magic card, but the brainstorm got printed onto the back upside down. Yeah, so it's like you can cool. see both images, and it looks amazing, especially because her face fits right in the perfect center of that oval. Right. It's yeah, perfect. It's, it's really neat. Totally it's perfect. like someone it, loaded the sheet in backwards when they were printing it. I don't care what they did. They should have just made the card look like that. That looks so much better. Yeah, but, uh, and it's the uh, Mercadia Masks uh, uh, you know, brainstorm. brainstorm. The mm, problem yeah. is, is that's probably the only one in existence, so you can never have a playset. I'm sure it is, yeah. But yeah well, so they, Mark, this is a commander deck, so they don't want four. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, eat it, Jerry. Wish, wish, wish camp, camper, whisk, whisk, camper. I'm sorry, Mark, <laughs> but uh, he is the uh, commander art writer for GatheringMagic.com, and he wrote a pretty cool article about just putting together the most expensive EDH deck you could possibly make. <laughs> the the Russian foil Jace with the mind sculpt. I've actually seen those in real life, and they are beautiful. Foils are lame. The, I, one of my bug Wait. opponents a couple years ago was had a port, had a playset of them. I hope it warps. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what what's your problem with foils, man? Come so on. foils, listen, throw foils down, only, throw down. <laughs> the foil only exists to. I mean, <laughs> I get why Magic does it. It's just to sell more packs. It's to prove like, that I'm better than you. No, that's not what it proves. <laughs> You make worse financial decisions than I do. <laughs> Who is the financial advisor in the room? It shouldn't be you. I that 12% of competitive legacy players. Oh, man. Oh, no, he said that it was a 12% chance that you were the female they were looking for out of the other 12. That's or 8 or whatever. Gross, 8, excuse me, whatever. <laughs> yeah, foil, I mean, foils only exist, to, like I said, to sell packs. It's silly to me. Like they're they're strictly worse cards as far as like their ability to withstand the test of time. They they fo- they bend very very easily. That's like hold, they're, hold, they're notorious for warping. Wait, hold hold on, Pat. Does a rose stand the test of time? And yet is it not desired greatly? 
Just because something is fleeting does not mean you should throw it away. It means you should appreciate it while you have it that much. I'll more. tell you what, Derek. Yeah, I twice as much on a rose that's gonna get is gonna fall apart twice as fast as the other one. Jerry, I'm going to take a dump in your chest. We'll see how long you like staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that. I don't see the logic in that. I think you just wanted to take a dump on my chest. I'll just, I'll eat a lot of like fucking glitter. It'll be real shiny for you. <laughs> I mean, that, that would make it better. But <laughs> <laughs> it start curling up when it gets humid. Oh boy. But yeah, other than that, not much going on in Magic Worlds. I'm getting pretty pumped for the GP though. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, so else you guys get to go because I have to work and sell Eternal Masters, which there's not going to be a lot of. So. Hey. See, we're leaving on Thursday. I wanted to buy a box before we left, but I don't think that's going to be possible. Yeah, if it's... you want to buy a box of Eternal Masters, I would strongly recommend finding the store you're going to buy it from and being in line in front of the store when they open. Yeah. I can't Actually, like give out numbers. So I'd probably get in trouble, but I know how much most or, uh, few stores in the area are getting, and it is not much. Is it less much. than Modern Masters 2? Because I feel like there was plenty of Modern Masters 2 out there. Well, I think it's a no, I think if the I print can... run is close. I'm sorry. I think the print run is closer to Modern Masters One, actually. Really? It's in between. Oh, okay. All right. It's di- it's directly. We're getting. I don't. I don't want to go too close because I don't know how much I'm allowed for my work to disclose. But it's That's in okay. between. I'll let you know that. We know it's a limited print run set, so it's going to be in high demand. Like it's. I, I there's one store here real close by that I can probably uh, get the product from a little bit early. He usually hooks me up, but I'd have to get you know I have to wait for like UPS to show up at the store. And even last time, like when he was getting a uh, Modern Masters two, he wasn't like too keen on selling me a whole box, mm-hmm. just because it's better for him to part them out as packs, which I can totally understand. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But, I um, mean, we are going to be in the one place where there's probably going to be more Eternal Masters than anywhere else. Well, you know what my concern is though is that all those vendors are probably leaving Ooh, on Thursday. That, to that set is up. a good point. So and the other part is how many people are sending, selling those at MSRP. Like, it's going to be super jacked up. This yeah. It's very limited. And demand is going to be very high. Yeah, at the Legacy GP. Like, the if there's MSRP one place where you're going to have a higher concentration of people wanting that set, it's going to be there. Yeah, yeah and MSRP is already 11 a pack. Like, jack that up. <laughs> well, hope, I mean, hopefully they, they follow, like, you know, all the vendors seem to follow the Modern Masters 2 pricing. Pretty closely after the first week or two, when they realize that, like, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't going to sell out of it so quickly. So I'm hoping they settle somewhere around like 15 bucks a pack, and we can get a case that's for like, like that's going to be opening weekend, mind right. you. It comes out the 11th, and that's yeah. the weekend of the GP. I, I think what we may have to do, Pat, is just everyone in the house buys three packs, and then we yeah. just draft. Yeah. We could do that, or we could all just be ballers and buy six packs and do sealed, and that way you don't have to well, pass the money. I, well, I mean, I figured three packs per draft. <laughs> I intend to be drafting until about seven in the morning. Oh, attaboy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped. We, uh, we, got, we have a Leaving a Legacy house uh, for the GP. Gonna going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I really think it should go. Go join the boys. Have a weekend. Yeah. We're talking about it. I'm getting a minivan. We're splitting it to go out there. We're splitting the house, like... I think to get us out there and to stay there for the weekend, it's going to be under 120 bucks per person. What? That's oh, nothing. Nice. Love go. I have to work, but you should it's go. It's cheap. Hell yeah. Guys, take him. He needs a boy's weekend. Leaving get him a, drunk, play some magic. Leaving a legacy house. Make sure he comes off his pants. <laughs> I'll even let you choose which hole I can't put it in, Aaron. <laughs> the, the ears. Pick the ears. <laughs> Nostrils, here I come. <laughs> 
Did you Thank guys God have that to small. See, <laughs> did you guys happen to see the um, the Helen Bergeau, uh sat down with the Channel Fireball guys and did like their you know they have like their little TV show they run every week on YouTube. No. Did you guys happen to see that. her interview? No. She was uh, talking a lot about the changes made to the uh, the platinum status as far as like the the benefits went. I'm oh, sure you guys. Crap. Yeah. I didn't watch the first half. Yeah. So she basically. So what? The trans. The let's see. Let's see how I want to put this. The feeling that a lot of people got that I saw and the feeling that I had was that this decision came down from way up top and wasn't in their control. But the way she described it, it sounded like she was sitting there with other people making that decision recently. So, like, it wasn't like she had to deliver the news and she was like, oh, boy, this isn't going to go over well. It's like they decided to deliver this news, like, within Wizards and said, yeah, this is going to be fine. They're not going to mind. They're not going to mind, like, missing out on 11 grand over the course of a year. Yeah. Um, it's like, which it's is like a little bit picture of the dog in the burning house just going, this is fine. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's a little bit disconcerting. It's a little disconcerting that there's such a disconnect there. Like, I can't imagine that you sit down on, on a meeting because because they had previous you... platinum players working for Wizards in the R and D. Right, right. I mean, you know, ch- the chances that R and D are making those choices are slim to none. I right. would think. But you would think they would ask but them. <laughs> you you would think they'd even ask current platinum players, you know, for their opinions. But the other thing that I found a little bit troubling was that the whole reason she gave for them doing this, and which I can understand, is that they... And we, Jerry, we talked about this ad, ad nauseum a week or two ago, um, that the reason they were doing this was because they want to increase the prize pool payout. So right now they spend about, she said, about $4 million per year on prizes between GPs and Pro Tours. Now, this doesn't include the, um, the World Magic Cup. Mm-hmm. So about $4 million in prizes per year. And in order to increase that, they <laughs> wanted to cut the platinum set, the, the benefits of 34, 36 players getting 12 grand a year. Um, but that was the idea. The, they s- decided that they wanted to increase the visibility magic as an eSport. Um, those weren't her exact words, but I'm paraphrasing, but it was pretty darn close to that. And, um, you know, put these towards prizes to make them more interesting, to make them more um, appealing, uh, because she was saying that, you know, there there isn't a lot of visibility where all this money's going. Like, you're spending, you know, $12,000 times 34 players or whatever, you know, whatever that works out to. And th- that's not prize money. That's just show money. So you're not seeing that in the advertisements. You're not seeing that, you know, on Twitch. Mm-hmm. That's just money that is being spent for, quote, unquote, prom- you know, the promotional tour. But, you, like, no one really knows about it. You know what I mean? So they want to make that money more visible. So it was an interesting conversation. If you guys have a chance to check it out, I'd recommend it. It didn't. I was hoping that it would kind of quell my fears that she would just, you know, at the very least, like, pretend to pass the buck. Be like, well, you know, this this decision came from up top, and but it just seemed like it was like, yeah, we made this decision, and we didn't really think about it too much, and we just decided that it was the right way to go, and like that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. It seems like you know, one hand's not talking to the other. And you know, uh, both hands are talking to each other, and they're both fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, that's what. The, yeah, yeah. To be quite honest, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Like, what bothers me about this is they keep talking about wanting, or not necessarily talking about, but indicating they want to make magic like a premium esport, which is mm-hmm. huge right now, and kind of has been, I think, for a while. If you look at like Starcraft and Hearthstone, the last year it's just been insane. They really aren't putting in the investment they need for magic to blow up. Like, Magic's already really popular, it's old, it has a crazy player base, and so much potential to be a huge eSport, right? And they're just not putting in that investment they need to just blow up and make them boatloads of money. If they invested in a better MTGO browser and a better prize payout, there are online games that none of us have ever heard of 
tanks of something. My boss was talking about this. Oh, I love tanks of something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That has bigger prize tables than magic turns through, like the biggest ones, like Protor and whatnot. And it's like a nothing game. No one's ever heard out. And the prize payout's bigger. That's sad. I think part part of the reason that that's it's difficult for Watsy to do this, and I'm just this is a complete assumption, so take this for what it's worth. Um, I would think that the research and development, um, that the inner workings of Watsy are infin- infinitely larger than like other games. Um, the amount of time that because there is such a a long history of this game, the amount of time they take to develop sets and tell the tell the stories. Like Hearthstone doesn't seem like there's much story to it, and like no, that's important. There's under a thousand cards. There's over three thousand magic cards. Right, and that's the other thing too, right? Is that like programming programming um, uh, MTGO is likely a daunting task, and we all know, you know, that it's well known that Watsi is not like out there paying top dollar for these programmers. They're they're not competitive at all in that field. Um, so programmers don't want to go there. So they're not they're getting like you know, I don't know, recent college graduates who like barely scrape by. I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem like they're getting the people there who are going to make a big difference. Um, maybe they this... have a backer like Hasbro. Like they have the backers to make this happen, and you know, everybody knows if they made that basic investment, it would definitely pay off. Like they already make a ton of money off MTGO, and there's already proof that online games like StarCraft and Hearthstone, like have yeah. shown, you put in the initial investment, and you will just bring in boatloads of cash. But they haven't made that investment, and that's sure. their big fuck. Well, and I think too part of the reason why they can't, I, I think that MTGO would be a much more profitable and popular program if it was subscription based. If they got rid of the of the secondary market in there, if they made mm-hmm. it subscription based, I think that's the, the best way to go for them. I would, but I think they so much more Magic Online if it was right. subscription based. Right, oh, I would too. But they've also painted. I probably would too. <laughs> yeah, they, but they've also painted themselves into a corner where. There are people like, you know, I mean, I know, Jerry, you just recently cashed out of a lot of your stuff, but there are people on there who have five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 worth of, of digital cards. There are bots on there that have ten times that much, maybe. I mean, like mm-hmm. a massive thousands of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars in cards in there. And how do you rectify that by going to a subscription system? So then I think them- that... Evaluate their cards and give them subscriptions or so, premium subscriptions. But these are the I don't same. Know. Yeah. So like, so I mean, <laughs> that's tough, right? To go to a bot and say, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that your cards are not worthless, but here is 320 lifetimes worth of paid MTGO subscription. Like, I guess they could maybe sell them to like people, you know, like I guess it's a way to do it. Um, there's certainly something they, that can be done, but they have put themselves in a very difficult position where people have a lot of value invested in MTGO and they can't just. They can't just switch it to a, a subscription service. You know what I mean? But it's just like more evidence that they're not putting in the good investment. Like for me, so I, I don't know if people know this about me, but like I went to school for PR. I worked in PR. I have a PR and marketing background. And like sometimes sitting back and watching them is like absolutely infuriating. Like I don't know. Like sometimes I just feel like they're very ham handed and it's, it's driving me crazy. Like it's such a good thing that I'm so passionate about and I feel like has so much potential. And I feel like I watch them drop the ball a lot. And this is just, like, example number one right now in my mind of, like, how they just can't get shit right. It's like, oh, they yeah. even, like, know it, but, like, they're not getting the support they need or just, like, it's too much bullshit. Oh, you mean they have bad PR as in telling they're going to cut the benefits of their most visible players by 90% <laughs> during the top eight of their 100th Pro Tour? That's, like... And like, and also the day before, they're releasing a feature-length film about 
grinding onto the getting onto the pro yeah. tour. Like, I mean, come on, just talk about like how much can you really fuck yourself by like? I think the scheduling guy's on our side. I think that's what it came down to. <laughs> <laughs> we just was like, all right, all this thing's going to happen. Make it happen. And the, the scheduling guy was just like, all right, let's stir some shit up. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> a little like, insane. Hey, those guys who work in uh, MTGO and Magic Media, let's give them something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little it's a little insane. So, I mean, I hope that they fucking... I hope they are able to figure this, this stuff out. But it was a little... Like I said, I was... Watching that that video, hoping to see like a really great expl- explanation that kind of quelled fears, but I think it just made things worse. If you could make things worse, I don't know how it's possible, but I feel like it did. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I completely agree. Which is, at first, I was kind of like, "Why the fuck do I care?" And then I started thinking, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is fucking terrible. This is absolutely terrible." They don't want to put the investment, and the people are willing to put the time and to make this game something that makes them money. <laughs> right, right. And and uh, to be quite honest, like I know I was playing Devil's Advocate with Jerry the other week, but I mean the pros really are the ones who are selling this game at the highest level. And if that goes away, if the, if you know, I, I understand that people that there are people who will do it for cheaper, right? There are people who will who will play this game for for less than what Platinum Pros make now. But that doesn't mean that they're doing a better job as a company of promoting their game and getting the best talent here. I mean, for, for Christ's sakes, like, Kibler doesn't even play Magic anymore. He just played Hearthstone. They fly him all around the country <laughs> to announce Hearthstone games. Like, they've completely lost one of their pros who they've paid out a lot of money to. They've flown him all over the world, and he's like, well, you know, this game's going to pay me more. So, rightfully so, he's jumped ship to do enough, to play another game. That's yeah, probably not... Get, getting people to do it cheaper is not also the best idea, always. Like, I'll no. perform open-heart surgery cheaper for you. Oh yeah, oh, oh, I, I, right I, down. I totally agree, right? Like people will pick up the mantle for you know for less, but it, yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean that the value for the viewer or for the new player or for someone who's interested in the game is going to be there. I mean, to be yeah. completely totally honest, like sometimes I find Hearthstone, like I play it a little bit casually, and I just find it really tempting because I know if I put the time and effort into it, like I have, like you have potential to make money playing Hearthstone, like. My, I, I have potential to make money playing Magic, but a hell of a lot less, and it's a hell of a lot harder. <laughs> and more expensive like, to do it, right? Like, oh, 100%. So you can grind. You can just grind, right? Like, the, the investment is time, essentially, right? You can you can build, like, whatever deck you... I mean, I don't play Hearthstone, but you can build whatever deck you want through, like, dusting your cards. I don't know how that works, but... Um, you can, Hearthstone is 100% way cheaper. From what I've played, I mean, I, like I said, I play pretty casually, but... yeah. So far, I found it is a hundred times cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so like, so you can play the game that pays you better. Has the only investment is time, which is probably the same amount of time it takes to craft decks, to play test, and all that stuff. And you're taking out the money that you're paying into Magic just to play. So, um, yeah, it's, it seems to me, and the and also on top of that, the platform in which to play the game is just better. Oh, it's just so better much. and more convenient, right? Like I have to drive sometimes, and I don't mind it, but thirty minutes to an hour to to go play Magic, um, and you can do it. If you're sitting on the shitter at home playing Hearthstone, I mean, so like to be frank, I, the reason I love Magic more than Hearthstone and always will is because I love that it's a paper game. I love that it's social. Yes. I love that I'm interacting with other yes. people, even if sometimes those people don't love me. <laughs> but uh, we love we love you here. We love you here. Aw, thanks, guys. But seriously, that's what I love about it. It's I'm not sitting in front of a computer. We're in front of screens all the time. I love getting away from the screens and sitting across from somebody and having this amazing hobby. But at the same time, like. I, I need something practical and like 
I would play MTGO to, like, grind more and get better at the game, but MTGO is awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and so I'm better I, off playing Hearthstone if I'm going to be playing in front of a screen. I think the big difference is a nine-letter word, and that's community. I think Magic has this unbelievable community of 20 years that's behind it. And I think that other games envy that and would love to have that kind of community. And I think you're right. I think playing Paper Magic and getting together with people builds better stories than Hearthstone, than an online game ever will. But and they have to make chat it. chat with people on Hearthstone. So there's no, like, chat. Right. You don't get to talk to your opponents. You do, like, little... I think that's for the best. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, Agreed. I appreciate that to a certain extent. No offense, guys, but sometimes I'd rather not chat with my Magic opponents. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I, you know, we don't have to keep hammering this to death. But I think it's, I'll, I'll put the link in the, uh, in the show notes and it's worth watching. It's like a 20 minute interview. And if you want to feel a little bit less, you know, uh, a little bit less good about the director magic setting, you can watch the interview. I'm a little so bummed. Pat like is I, here for you guys. He's here to make you feel like shit. I'm here to make you feel bad. I'm here to make you feel as crappy as I feel right now. Um, <laughs> you know, which is too bad too, because I do love Helene. and I think she's a, a fantastic face for wizards. I just think that she is constantly having to be the bearer of bad news and like, and just talk about this stuff. I, I would imagine. Did she just have like a sad, like trombone noise. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry, Lee. Uh, Love you, but uh, they don't do you any favors. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, you know, I, I, I don't blame her for the, the decisions that are made. I don't think that their P, their head of PR is choosing to pay the pros less. That's probably oh. a bunch of counters like Jerry. Definitely you know. not. That's yeah, why right, I was saying. It. Like, I feel like they're not getting support. I don't want anyone to think I think that the PR team at Wizards is inherently bad or anything like that. I really just feel like they're probably not getting the support they need. Like, yeah. you always see, if you go on Wizards' website, they're, like, always hiring. It's, like, it feels like a lot of the positions are a revolving door, and it's probably due to a lack of support, which is really disappointing to see. And well, all things, Magic is also growing, so... It's it's also right, probably not going to change anytime soon. Yeah. It's not going to change anytime soon, because Hasbro's stock is through the roof lately. Exactly. Like, Magic's, Magic's one of their growing thing products that they have. They're always going to be hiring as a result. Yeah, they might have yeah. some turnover, but it's not all because of bad jobs, probably. It's probably because of increasing jobs to, you know, keep developing sets faster to keep products going through the door. So, quick update. There is only 30 days and 2,770 seats remaining for GP Columbus. Yes. So, so my, my least favorite phrase that people use when getting ready for an event is like, they'll go, hype, 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 you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I still, but I, I, I get it now. I feel that way. This is my first GP that I'm going to, that I'm going to be playing in. I'm very excited for it. Oh, I'm more excited for just for the house and hanging out with everyone. And oh shooting. yeah, for sure. Um, if you guys, you know, whoever's going, let us know. If you're on the Facebook page, let us know if you're going. We'll, we'll meet up. We're planning on doing lots of drafts. Um, plan on doing some, uh, maybe some Eternal Master Sealed if we have the chance. Um, and we're trying to work on getting some t-shirts made and definitely some stickers. So if you guys find us, we'll have some, like, some shit to give out, you know? Yeah, we, we, uh, we hired a graphic designer, so we're getting a logo made. And, yeah, nice. uh, hopefully it's going to be ready in time for the GP. We we're got, trying. We up. I'm insulted. Well, do you work for Bottles of Scotch? Because this, this graphic designer was... Yeah, she most certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> does she sound sober? <laughs> She said she was going to get seltzer. I knew there was something else in there. Like, who oh, was that? Hey, I haven't had a drink since like noon. Hey, I don't blame you. Good. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't I'm had a drink you. since we started this podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, maybe I'll bring some homebrews, because before this cast, I was uh, bottling some homebrew I made with some other, with uh, Ian and Sean, uh, who are listeners of the cast. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll bring a couple bottles to uh, the GP. Yeah, if you guys are into beer, too. I mean, I don't drink beer, but um, I'll, I'm going to swing by the uh, the Treehouse Brewery, because it's, like, one of the best breweries in New England. Oh, hell yeah, give and me I'll, some of that I'm gonna, stuff. Yeah, I'm going to grab some of that stuff and pass it out to guys who come to the house. Oh, yeah, we'll be carding at the door. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> it's Ohio, okay? All they have is grain there. <laughs> grain alcohol, the freaking corn. Yeah, I wonder if there's any local brews in Ohio we'll be able to sample. I like, I like, I like the local there's stuff. There's a subreddit dedicated to that you could check out. Ooh. The thing that Ohio has going for it is, like, fields and, like, sitting on your fingers and drinking. The Ohio State University. The, the, rock, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in all seriousness, was, like, one of the coolest things I've, I've like, paid admission to go see. It was awesome. You got to see to go see a guitar pick? You got to pay for that? No, dude, I got to see, like, the original... Listen, I, get, I mean, seriously, I got to see the original uh, sheets that, like, some of the Metallica lyrics from, like, their early albums, like, Injustice for All and, like, Kill Em All, were written on. It was fucking awesome. Like, just some of the stuff they had there was... Just they had a ton of like Hendrix stuff, a ton of uh, uh, Jim Morrison stuff. It was it was fucking great, man. It was great. They had like they had, I think it was Jim Morrison's like Cub Scout outfit. It was fucking cool, man. That he wore when so he was thirty. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, like he had a tailored fit. He like, never he was looking... to thirty. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, what was he? Twenty-seven. Club. Yeah, twenty-seven. Yep. Him, Janice, uh, Kurt Cobain. Guys, uh, I only it was have like seven months left before I can't be in the Twenty Seven Club anymore. Yeah, you're such a baby. You're so. You're you're on that. I, we were yeah. just talking about that, right? I'm not even Twenty-seven yet. Yeah, I gotta start chugging antifreeze. Oh, you guys are all <laughs> children. You're all children. I'm almost thirty. <sighs> you're not almost thirty. You're almost twenty-nine. This is almost. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Alzheimer's is already setting in is probably. <laughs> He's an old twenty-eight. He's a real old twenty-eight. <laughs> Oops. I like it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when we got no Efros in this cast. We don't concede to anybody. I believe in playing out goddamn rounds. Thank you. I agree. Unless unless like it's a pre release and it's like the final round and like you just wanna like just like double oh, double draw to, for prizes and get the hell out no, of here. No, God, no. Screw oh, my yeah. opponent. He's gonna end <laughs> that shit. <laughs> My Fair loving enough. fiance, everybody. I like it. You know what? He's a man of he has character. You know, he's a man of principles. <laughs> Certainly a man of character, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the word that I was looking for. Character. Well, sure. Yeah, we'll call that. Just All right, Jerry. I start chips in the background. <laughs> that was me. Chips. Oh, was that you? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna scoop in Ian and Sean and Mike and Dan for brewing with me. Uh, so yeah, beer. Everyone likes beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to scoop you guys in for inviting us back on. This is like my favorite thing to do. Thanks. We'll scoop you guys in too. Aw, oh, shucks. That's what we What you say? I'm like, Aaron, I'm going to scoop you in. He's like, fuck you, you play. <laughs> I don't care if I have to sack four lands, tap three, tap a Deathrite Shaman, and blow up your Gristlebrand, your Sneak Attack. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> like pretty just eating squandered resources. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Let's before we go. Let's talk about where they can find some of your work, Kate. I know you do some altars, so where can they find you for that? 
I do, I have a Facebook page I'm like super shitty about updating, but it's literally facebook.com slash alters by Kate. Um, I'm sorry, I don't update it often. I do try to post my articles there once a week and you can get a hold of me through there. I do pay attention to it. I'm just awful about posting. And then my Twitter, sometimes I'll cross post my Instagram or Twitter. So, um, my Twitter's in French. I'll just spell it B-E-A-U-T-E-C-O-U-L-I-S-S-E-S. I was an asshole 18 year old. I'm real sorry, but <laughs> I've had it forever. So it's, 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 it's beautiful colossus. We talked about this the last time you were on. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, that's you're, right. That was the name like, of the episode. It wasn't in the episode. I think it was beautiful colossus. Yeah. Oh, was it actually? Yeah. I totally yeah. missed that. I listened to it and everything. <laughs> sure. Damn, sure. <laughs> and also Aaron and I, it's not, written in stone yet but we've been chatting about going to gp montreal so maybe you might be able to find us there maybe so what is that it's sealed but we're just gonna play in legacy side What? when is it though oh it's at the end of july oh awesome, awesome. yeah hopefully it oh. actually works out we'll see we're still crunching numbers and you guys both write articles right where can they find your articles at um we're both on hitches of the coast i'm on hope eternal every friday and Aaron does through corner every other Tuesday. Awesome. Which will soon be, I'm going to say, foiled by Jerry every other week with his uh, spice. <laughs> yeah, I got Spice cabinet? Is that what it was called? From the spice cabinet. From the spice cabinet. That was, I like that it. Was I Aaron's, like. Aaron's idea. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Jerry suggested something to do with spice because that's what his kind of main goal in those articles is writing about the spice he adds to the decks. Yeah, by the way, all my all my articles are a metaphor for heroin trade. That's <laughs> that, was that actually. I was gonna ask, but I didn't want to like you know assume. I'm gonna make an ass of you and me, but yeah. apparently I was right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm writing about thing in the ice for the next ep- uh, article. Oh, should be sweet. It's a mono blue thing in the ice. None of these other colors. What are these people thinking? <laughs> I only need one yeah. color. Yeah, there's. Uh, we're not the only ones, obviously. That right there. There's like really great articles that go up at least five six days a week. Um, for some really great people. So it's definitely worth checking. There's people who write for everything, like financial, every different format. Jess's um, column, Command of Etiquette, is awesome. Definitely worth checking out. She's always got something good to say. Check it out. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Jerry, where can, they, where can they find you, man? Where can they get a hold of you? I am I am like ghost. No one can find me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's try that again. Jerry, where can they find you? Where can they get a hold of you? <laughs> Who wants to find Jerry? You can find me at J-M-E-E, the number three, R-D on Twitter, or on Facebook. I'm, I'm on there. Uh, or also at Hipsters of the Coast now. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Until we fire him. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get a few good articles out of him first, love. Don't spoil that. Smart. Yeah, smart. you feel like oh, all those turn and burn financial firms that hire bright-eyed college kids and... <laughs> Get them to build up like a couple clients and then fire them and keep the clients. Yep. <laughs> I know how you work. Yeah, that's right. Good business sense, you know. And uh, if you want to find me, you can you can uh, find me on Twitter at Pat Uglo. Uh, you can email the show Leaving Legacy at mtg at gmail dot com. And uh, oh, Adrian's not joining us today, but you can. Oh yeah, find well, you always forget to do that <laughs> until the end. You can find him on Twitter at Math and the Trickster. Um, and you can also join us on Facebook, uh, search for Leaving a Legacy and join the group, man. It's a great way to get a hold of us and, and talk about legacy. Just, the only rule is don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's pretty easy to follow. It is a private group, so, but we're pretty quick about it, uh, accepting invites. It's just we had yes. some problem with robots coming in and trying to sell their robot prostitution services. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, it was, I yeah, Jerry, robot. Yeah, 
robots. Yeah, robots. <laughs> my my side accounts. <laughs> Jerry was so quick to accept that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, always, Jerry, play us out with something sweet. That's your job. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm on medication. Not rolling the dice anymore. Oh no, that, Pat, that I want to. I want to. Listen, that like, sounds pretty like, good right now. Uh, Pat, we can, I mean, I guess we, 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 we have to. We have to. Let me guess. Want. We hit runner runner of every morning by Sugar Ray. And then, what was the uh, then Soldier Boy, tell him. Both Soldier Boy. quality yes. songs. Great, great <laughs> songs. No, I listened to Soldier Boy, and it is literally, a, like, I didn't realize how bad it was when it first came out, <laughs> but it is literally, like, a dancer, like, who's like, hey, I came up with this cool dance, I'm going to make a song about it. And like, It's what they call top-down design. About, <laughs> about doing, but, like, the problem is, is that, he is a terrible musician slash rapper, and like the only reason why I got popular was because the dance was good. It was it was just like everything that's wrong with music. It like right, was Pat. It let's let's there. compromise. Awesome. Let's compromise, Pat. Uh, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna see what the song is. And if it's a good one, we're gonna play it. How about that? Or how about we we? This objective. So technically, everything is good by different standards. All right, all right. How do we do That's that? That's my plan, so, Aaron. Yes. So, so we roll. Jerry, here's what we're gonna do. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna roll for the year. We'll roll for the number, and then you'll roll a six-sided die, and we can go that many spaces from that number for the best song on the list. Do you know what I'm saying? I have a six-sided die right in front of me, guys. Perfect. Okay. All right, Jerry, here we go. Going. Here we go. All right. Here's the first one. We got two. So 1995. 1995. Yeah. Billboard. 1995. Oh, baby. Oh, that's a good year. Oh, man. Number four. Number four. Number four. Kiss from a Rose. This is a good year. When I was a kid, I must have been in middle school. I was like in maybe fifth grade. The first CD I ever got was the Batman Forever soundtrack because I fucking loved Kiss from a Rose. It was so good. One of my my earliest memories is being in summer camp, like in between fourth and fifth grade, and just learning all the words to Gangster's Paradise. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, let's get the second roll, Jerry. Here we go. <laughs> one. We got the one. Okay, oh, one. Wait, so wait. now we got to now we gotta roll the six-sided. All right, okay, we gotta I, roll got the six six I got it. All right. Six. Six. All right, so we can go. Mariah Carey, that's terrible. No. Yeah. On Bend and Knee. Another night on Bend and Knee, Kiss from a Rose, Creep. Waterfalls. This is the year of TLC, man. <gasps> and then Paradise. I kind of think Waterfalls. I'm sort of into that. I'm with that. Yeah? I, I haven't heard Waterfalls in a while. Especially because Waterfalls is a magic deck. Don't go chasing Waterfalls, guys. Oh, that is oh. And we just came up with the ne- name of the episode. You're Boom. welcome. <laughs> People are going to be so confused because we don't talk about Waterfalls at all. <laughs> Blood right up into Charlotte's agent cascading into another card. Yeah. There you go. You guys folks. aren't gonna get this, but Driscoll, Driscoll, this is for you. He'll be yeah, Driscoll, Driscoll runs Waterfalls with Maelstrom Wanderer. He ran that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday he ran that. Oh god. Oh, so good. All right, Jerry, you gonna play us out with something sweet tonight? Yeah, I'm playing us out with uh, Waterfalls. Yeah. 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 Rolling my gazing out of the window, staring at a sun that she just can't touch. If that ain't it, dummies, then the jam should be by his side. But he doesn't realize he hurts us so much. But all the praying just ain't helping now. 
What you got to give for free? You said, but that's my life is set in shades of gray. I pray all ten days to wait, sell the praise them for the seven days. And like his promise is true, won't leave my bacon undue. The many chances I bliss with to bring my life to an end. Clear blue and unconditional. Skies are bright, the tears from my eyes, no my lonely cries. My only lead and hope is for the hope we can't cope with such an endurance thing that it keeps them in the boring rain. Who's to blame for taking care of what a shame, yes, you enable someone else to break it. Like the you say, the name to say, you're fine for falling prey to crime. I say the system got your victim to downline. Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes are coming true. Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me. Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls, please stick to the road. 